Hey, it's your man, Jason Miles here. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the best places to invest in real estate. Now, some people think it's their backyard. Some people think it's whatever hot market is across the country or whatever the case. But we're going to be talking about the best places for you to invest in real estate. And oh, by the way, if you're hearing this right now, you're either listening to it on one of your podcasts, whatever podcast service you like, or you're watching it on YouTube. Either way, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, please, uh, and share, engage. Let me know what you think. Comment. Let me know what you want to hear more about because I want to make sure that I'm giving you the right kind of content for your palate. You know, we all have different palates. We all have different things we want to hear more about. Let me know what you want to hear about. I'm here to help. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you all. <laughs> hey, I want a uh, good day, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate 360 podcast. How are you doing today, Steve? I am doing fantastic. And, and if I could, I'm going to ask you that question in a minute. But if anybody asks you how you're doing, you've got to say fantastic. That's right. All the time. You got to. When they ask me, I say, the best day of my life. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Uh, it has to be. That's right. It, <laughs> it, you'd, you'd be surprised at the smiles that, that uh, are on people's face when they hear that. It's just amazing. But uh, I, I digress. Let me say this. Again, thanks you, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, please, please, please like and subscribe. Uh, you know, Hit the little bell so that you know when we're, that you're getting notified when we're dropping our weekly videos because it's not just the podcasts, it's the process videos and the process playlist uh, that you'll really, really, really get the meat and potatoes on how to do things, right? All real estate related. And, um, you know, engage with us there. Same with the YouTube. I mean, uh, uh, wherever you're listening to this on, on your podcast right now, whatever platform you're listening, make sure you uh, subscribe, download some episodes and suck it all in. Suck it all in. We love yeah. you and engage with us. I promise you, I'll give you a shout out. Engage with us. You know, put your name out there. I'll get you a shout out. You'll be famous for 10 seconds, I promise. <laughs> and you've got, to, you've got to do this because we give out so much information. There's just, and the ideas that you'll get just from listening to this. But, you know, if you're interested in real estate, that is. Otherwise, you know, don't. But if you are interested in real estate and making money in real estate and investing, and you want to know everything you can possibly know about it, you've got to subscribe. There's just no other choice. That's right. And it's not just one process of real estate. You know, we're called Real Estate 360 for a reason. You know, we're, we could teach you how to do lease options. We can teach you how to do fix and flips, buy and hold, multifamily, you know, what new construction, commercial, whatever it is you want to do. If you want to be a lender in the real estate space, we got you. You know, whatever it is, whatever level you're on, whether you're a beginner or, you know, you're, you're just up there. Like a couple of weeks ago, we, we had Dave, uh, Dave Seymour on here. And, you know, we, you know, here's a guy who was extremely accomplished. You know, we were handling his uh, educational platform for a while. We were working with him there as well as uh, building uh, marketing processes for him. So there are 
so many ways for you to take your talents to the next level, provided you're willing to build on your talents. That's why this is Real Estate 360. Whatever you want to talk about, we got you. But today, Steve, today in particular, you know, we're going to be talking about where is the best place to invest in real estate? Well, isn't that like answering the question within the question? Wouldn't that be uh, real estate? It definitely would be real estate. You know, a lot of people hear that and they think geographically, where's the best place, right? And there is a little bit of that in there. You know, geographically, there are some places that are better to invest in certain types of real estates at different times in the market cycles, right? So, you know, some people say investing in places like California are just, you know, no good. But when California real estate values are depressed, people could come in pick up a property or two and wait a year, year and a half, because they turn pretty quickly out there. And depending on where you are, you know, because Stockton, California was decimated during the fight. <laughs> I mean, they're still not back to where they were, you know, 12 years, 13 years later, they're still not back to where they were, but you know, parts of like LA, San Diego, San Francisco, you know, you pick up a property for 800,000, hold it for a year. It's worth 1.2, 1.3. You know, those are absurd numbers, but they're real numbers. Um, there's different times like, you know, we're here in Atlanta. You know, the Atlanta market is hot. People are coming from all over the country to do fix and flips here, you know, to do yeah. buy and holds here, to do multifamily here, to do commercial here for all kind of different reasons, right? Because we're a, uh, what do you call it? We're one of those hub cities for truckers. So you have all of that. Then the entertainment business is so major and growing here. So, you know, you have a need for that commercial property that can be turned into a filming studio or a sound studio. Uh, and, and there's a need like for everything um, entertainment related. The point I'm trying to make is geographically, there's different places around the country that are good to invest in, in different times. Yes, that is true. But this question could also be interpreted as you know, where's the best place to invest in real estate in terms of, you know, what aspect of real estate? So the where is the process? So, you know, where, where's the, what is the best process that I can use to invest my money into real estate? And the answer to that, again, is based on these economic cycles and where you are financially. Because we got a lot of people out there, Steve, that have a lot of cash that, you know, maybe don't know what to do with it. They know what they want to do with it and they know what they don't want to do with it. Right. But they don't actually know, you know, Hey, where do I put this? Am I, you know, am I going to be a lender? Am I, am I doing it for myself? You know, what am I doing? You know what I mean, Steve? I do. And you're talking macroeconomics mostly. Right. But so again, where do you invest in real estate? Well, you know, you might be in Los Angeles and it might not be a great macro place to be, but maybe there's a house down the street from where you live that you know is half price right now. So that's kind of like a microeconomic situation. So no matter where you are, we're not saying that you have to move to Atlanta to take advantage of real estate <laughs> investing. Wherever you are, uh, maybe the, the where to invest in real estate answer to the question is, Hey, it depends on what's going on right around the corner for me 
and can I recognize a great opportunity when I see one? And then what, when I see one, what do I do with it? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, how you invest in real estate, where you invest in real estate really depends on these economic cycles. Uh, As I was, I mean, if you, if you listen to the last episode, I talked about being able to identify these, these cycles. And what, what you'll see if you look at a map of just the housing market, for instance, over the past 100 years, you see this, this, this incline, this constant incline. If you look at it from far away, there's no real dips or sags in it. It's just a line that goes up. You know, sometimes there's a, a short little plateau, but it, it goes up. You don't see these big dips until you come in right? You zoom in to 20-year cycles, and then you start to see this. You know, you start to see these dips. And when you can learn to recognize those dips, those are the points in the economic cycles where people get wealthy, super wealthy. So what does that mean, these dips and these cycles? What does that mean, Mr. Miles? I don't quite understand. Well, well, here's what that means. It means... When you see things are about to go to H-E-double-L in a handbag, meaning you know (laughs) real estate is about to fall off the cliff, you can see that. We know that there's going to be backlash in the market because of what's going on in the market right now in particular. But once we start to see those things, we say, okay, here's this flow where properties have come down, come way down. Like here's a perfect example. During the economic crisis, and, and you'll be able to uh, 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 elaborate on this, please, Steve. But okay. r- the prices of real estate came so far down, so, so far down, well below the cost to build that particular house again. There, you know, there, we were in here in Atlanta. I mean, you could get houses for five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars at at its lowest. Right. In certain areas of Atlanta and certain areas that didn't happen quite like that but absolutely we there were some crazy low numbers correct absolutely and in those markets right there those are your your equity markets is there cash flow there absolutely but you're really playing an equity game like significantly so uh perfect equity in a time game because just because you can buy it now for 20 doesn't mean you can sell it now Correct for a lot more because you can't because you got to wait a little bit maybe for the the as you said the cycle to come back up. That's exactly yeah. right. And and here's how you identify stuff like that when you know that you have significant dips in the in the market. There's a there's a thing called cost valuation, right? Where you take this property and you say, okay, look at I I got the, I got this property for thirty thousand dollars. How much is it going to cost to to build something like this. Okay, it's going to cost 110 to build something like this, right? But I got it for 30. Now you know based on history that the real estate market is going to come back. You just it could take 3 years, it could take 5 years, it could take 7 years, but it's going to come back. So, it's going to at least come back to that 110 to the cost to build. It's going to at least come back to there. But you got it at 30. So that means as the market comes up, You've got this huge equity position, and you're and you're playing it for the equity position. All, all the while now, you can have that property leased up. 
And when I say leased up, I don't mean being a landlord. I'm, I'm not an advocate of being a landlord. You know, I think I've said that a million times. I don't want to fix windows and change locks. I don't want to do any of that. So, uh, you know, can I say something about that? Absolutely. I kind of made my decision about being a landlord a couple times because, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm a squirrel or something. But, uh, but the first in college and I had a rental um, mobile home and I started getting calls about repairs on a mobile home. Hey, I'm in college, man. I don't have time for this. Yeah. So that was one. And I sold that. I just bought, I had bought it, you know, to rent it. And I said, well, this is what everybody says to do. Well, it wasn't for me, So, but I did it again. And then I got a call one, one day, one night, like early morning, like one o'clock from a tenant telling me that she has somebody breaking into her house. Mm. I said, I don't have a gun. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not the police. You know, and the number for the police is way shorter than mine. Why don't you call 911? <laughs> you know, can you write it down? 911. That's right. <laughs> so, That's exactly. Anyway, hey, I don't want to be a landlord. No, nobody wants to be a landlord. But, you know, there are ways uh, uh, that you can do this without being a landlord. And, you know, we'll discuss that. Or we always discuss it. That's and that's you what know, we were talking about on the last video. Yeah, really. lease options. You know, lease options. But, and taking advantage of all the all the assets and resources out there, and just structuring it so you can get the benefits of being a landlord without being a landlord. That's exactly right. And and make more money along the way, right? Instead of and making AM calls. I mean, unless you like that, you know. Exactly. Forget those calls. <laughs> but it's identifying that. So you get this place, and you're going to hold it, and you're going to do lease options. You know, while you hold it, so you can make the most money and and minimize how you uh, have to deal with that property. Your relationship in that property shouldn't be as intimate as one might think it would be, right? But that's the equity game that you're playing right there. Yes, you're getting cash flow. <clears throat> excuse me, but you've got the equity play in there as well, and the equity play is huge for you over time, like Steve said. And then you can, of course, you can continue to hold on to that property. Uh, you have complete authority in what you want to do with that property based on the economic cycles of the time. When you want to sell it, you can sell it. Uh, we have very unique exit strategies that we build into our lease option agreements that technically don't have a sales price. They have a minimum dollar amount that we're going to accept for it. And then we share equity above and beyond that. But that's a whole nother conversation. So that's then there's win -win. That's, that's a win-win. Everybody's problems. That's right. Yeah. Big time, baby. Big time. Right. Yes, sir. Uh, so you got to be a problem solver. If everybody leaves the tail happy, uh, leaves the table happy. Excuse me. Uh, it's you're more likely to do business with them in the future. You know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and not to mention the uh, the value of uh, uh, the marketing that you get from making a bunch of people happy. Right. The word of mouth uh, marketing trend, because they're just going to talk about how great their experience was and how easy it was for them to work with you. But again, going back into where the best places to invest in real estate are, under it's understanding what economic cycle you're in. You know, when we have these huge downturns in the market, you know, unless you're getting the property super uber ridiculously cheap, fix and flip may not be the play. It may, it may not be the play. We saw that a couple times where, you know, lenders either just close shop 
for a little while until the market conditions changed. And unless you were, you know, very, very cash rich, you weren't going to have a lot of money out there to buy and fix and flip real estate for or, a while. Or if you know a lot of people who had a lot of cash, not Correct. thinking about just, you know, yourself. Well, not even that. It's, it's simply, you know, at some point, it doesn't make sense to do every aspect or, or certain aspects of real estate. The cycle doesn't permit it at that totally, moment. Totally agree. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and you have so, to be ready for it. You can buy it. If you can't sell it, what difference does it make? It's exactly right. So you have to have another process for that because right. it's still a great deal, right? It's like you said before, it's recognizing which tool I need to pull out of the tool bag. Right. You know, and, and that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, you'll hear people say all the time, oh, real estate is horrible. It's this, it's, it's, oh, it's not time to buy. Or, you know, uh, so many people lost money in real estate. Listen, the money is always there. It's just like the stock market. You know, it's just shifting from one pocket to another. Okay. When we went through this horrible collapse, I always talk about Warren Buffett uh, because he's, to me, you know, he's, he's just the guy, but from an investment standpoint, he was never a real estate person ever until 2008. And the, and he saw that these prices had fallen so significantly that his equity position in this, in this real estate over time would be so significant that he needed to bring in people and start developing these processes. So that's what he did. They bought his private fund, bought over 47,000 houses during the economic collapse. That's huge, a lot of houses. Huge number you know, of houses. He, Warren Buffett maybe has changed his mind on a number of things, but he's very consistent in one thing. He's always looking for value. Mm -hmm. What's the value in whatever? So he said he wasn't in a real estate guy, but guess what? He's buying real estate. Why? Because he saw the value in that cyclical situation where the value was so great you just can't resist it right that's exactly right gold he said i'm not a precious metal guy guess what he did he bought gold in the early 2000s when gold was down around three four hundred dollars three seventy five to five hundred dollars an ounce he said are you kidding me i'm buying gold for this cheap i'm in yeah and and he's done he did it with the railroad he said i'm not in the transportation business guess what he owns a railroad Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just what it is. You know, it, yeah. it is what it is. Because you'll you'll find situations where he talks about, look, if you if you buy gold a hundred years from now, you have a you have a, a hunk of gold. That's what you have, it's, it, right. and that has everything to do with you know income producing assets, which he is a huge advocate of. But he also understands how to hedge his money, and that's what he does when he's buying precious metals. You know what Robert Kiyosaki told me about precious metals. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, uh, and he literally told me this. He said, uh, he said, there's, it's one of the commodities. He said, he was talking about commodities and he said, uh, and then you can buy, you know, into the four precious metals. And it had everybody shook because, you know, when you think of precious metals, you only think of gold and silver, right? So everyone in the room is thinking, you know, what are the other precious metals? You know, they're thinking, you know, platinum, palladium, you know, cause he's asking, Right. He's asking us to That's give it to him. Right. Yeah. So he's asking us to give it to him. And he said, oh, okay, you know, we got to keep this going. So I'll just tell you what they are. It's gold, silver, guns, and bullets. 
Because, <laughs> because if you're going to buy all that gold and silver, you're going to need to protect those assets with the other two precious metals, and that's the guns and the bullets. Oh, uh, my, God. Uh, oh my God. He, he, had, uh, he had me crying. He had, the whole table was uh, crying. It was ridiculous. The, I'd, I've never heard anyone say that. To this day, I've never heard anyone say that. I'll never forget it. I wrote it down, and I committed it to memory. But, uh, <laughs> but so anyway, that's the equity market cycle. You know, when things are way down, what do you, you know, that's how you play it. You know, you, you have to be, you know, committed to that particular thing because there's a ton of money to make there that you'll realize in the next two, three, five years. Okay. A ton, not just the cash flow. That's a part of it. You know, the down payments that you're going to get from doing, you know, lease options instead of rental agreements, you know, the, the, uh, commitment that you're going to get from the owner. I mean, it's, it's tremendous because they know what they're getting in themselves into and you're helping them, right? You're helping them into home ownership. And there's a million ways for you to do that. You know, as real estate goes, I don't know of anything that has more versatility to it because, you know, most people think, oh my gosh, you know, you buy it and then you're stuck with it or whatever for a long period of time. But well, maybe yes and maybe no, but probably if you look at it, the cool thing about real estate, there's always a way to make some money with mm. real estate. Mm. You know, you can either, you can lease option it, you can, you can lease you know, lease it on the purchase side, turn around a lease option on the sale side. You can take it mm. subject to, you can buy it. You can joint venture partnership with it. You can uh, hold it for the long term. You can do multifamily. You can do, I mean, you know, I could go on and on and on. That's right. But it's only limited to what your imagination has. And what really makes a lot of this possible is it's, Real estate is it, the first word in the real estate is real. Mm. It's an asset. It's a commodity that you can l leverage so that, and people can say, okay, if I put my money in, how do I protect it? Well, how about we put you on it on the title or we put you on the, you know, on the mortgage, you can put, you can lean it. So now we've got a combination of things that really is only limited by one's imagination. That's exactly correct. And then the other aspect of the markets is the cash flow side of the market, right? So you play the equity side down here at the bottom. Play the cash flow up here. Now, and cash flow, again, it doesn't mean that there's no equity. It's just a smaller amount of equity. Maybe there is none, but the deals will present themselves to you, right? But there's definitely cash flow that you're working with up here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, at the bottom, you're getting cash flow, but the big, big play is the equity over time. Up here, it's cash flow. So when you're buying in better economic times, like where you might be right now, I mean, where we're headed isn't where we're at. Home values are still pretty high, right? I mean, I was looking at some wholesale opportunities in Stone Mountain yesterday. Oh, yeah. And Stone, Stone Mountain, it's insane. I mean, Stone Mountain, for, for all of you that are listening that do not live in the Atlanta metropolitan area, Stone Mountain was, is an area that has never really been, you know, up there in value. You can get a really nice house, you know, older, you know, built in the mid to late 60s, you know, a couple thousand, 2,500, 2,400 square foot homes, you know, newly renovated 
maybe, I don't know, six, seven years ago, you would have paid maybe 160000 170000 for the house. Now that's the wholesale figure. I know. It's, it's, it's absurd. You know, I mean, you're going to buy a house that you still have to do a lot of renovation to for a hundred. That was they wanted a hundred and sixty-eight thousand. And I looked at three different houses. That was the most expensive, but even the least expensive was still a hundred and fifty. So, and and those are the wholesale numbers over there today. What's the retail on that? Just curious. You know. So they they those houses are now selling for about three hundred three hundred twenty-five thousand. Were they really? Yeah, you'll wow. find some for about two eighty. You know. You'll find a lot of them actually for about two eighty, and then you'll just find a few that sold for you know three. I only saw maybe four, three or four that were three hundred and above, but mm. a lot of them were you know in the two eighties, two eighty, two eighty nine, you know that number. A lot of them. I was just I was taken aback by it. I could not believe what I was seeing in Stone wow. Mountain, you know, because we that's an area that we typically didn't even market in for years. You know, we had a few things over there and we knew, I mean, we had the one on Phillips, you know, we knew it was going to, it was going to, you know, be worth whatever it was going to be worth, but you know, it is what it is, but again, it's identifying it. So up here in a decent market, like we have now in a decent market in this conversation just means that home values are still very, very strong. Uh, let's say we're looking at a $300,000 house and somebody's in trouble. They couldn't sell it you know, or whatever the, whatever the case, whatever the problem is, we're there to figure it out and solve it. You know, let's say that it had no equity. It didn't sell because it was worth more or they owe more on it than the property's worth. They can't sell it because that happens Uh, and they need to sell it. So these are perfect. This is what, what I call the pretty house technique. Okay. So you go out, into this uh, uh, neighborhood and you're looking at it and you've done your homework and you're talking to the owner and you say, hey, listen, I can solve your problem. How much do you owe on this thing? Okay, and we can do this with, you know, no um, uh, realtor's commissions. We're going to take care of all the closings, you know, uh, closing costs, excuse me. Uh, you're going to, you know, do everything you need to do. We'll, we'll take care of all taxes and repairs and everything as we move forward. And we just want to negotiate a down payment and take over the note. That's what we want to do because that's the the pain that they have because they're paying maybe two mortgages right now or rent in one place and a mortgage in the other. And the pain that the other pain that they have, and you hit on it, you you probably nailed right on, you know, the sore mark on their knee. Mm. (laughs) So you said no realtor commissions because they're looking at, they have to sell this thing. They're going to have to come out of pocket, you know, that's right. Six times 300,000, 6% times 18,000. Yeah, eighteen thousand, of course. So, you know, if you can dodge that for that, help them dodge that bullet, and then give them some money, that sounds like a win. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So, yeah. once you negotiate that, then you're simply going to go to another network and find, you know, people that want to, you know, own a house but don't necessarily qualify, but they have the down payment. So. That's where you start to make that money. And just to throw it out there. So if this person's note was $1,800 a month and you just assume them a note, right? You're just taking over the note and maybe you gave them, agreed to give them like, you know, five grand, you know, however the numbers play out, because you have to look at all the numbers. You may have given them 1,500 bucks, you know, because there's not a lot of equity maybe there to, to work with. So 
that's what you do. But then you market it to someone who has a down payment and you say, all right, here's a beautiful house in a beautiful community, great school district, you know, whatever. Uh, people want to be in those places. So you market for that. Your job is your credit. You know, no bank qualifying, whatever you, you know, all those things are bringing people in. And you market those by putting signs in the yard. Some people put multiple signs in the yard. You know, they'll have two signs in the front and a couple more angled out so people can't miss it. You know, all this great stuff. But you're also going to use, you know, people are not using Craigslist as often. But for us, that's a great place to come up with stuff like this. I mean, it happens all. We're still getting stuff off of Craigslist, doing deals. You know, on Craigslist, I mean, it's the, it's a viable place, but people just don't think about it. You know, everybody's talking about these, you know, these latest and greatest places to go find deals. That's good, mm-hmm. but there's deals to be found uh, in in other ways as well, and sold in other ways. So, uh, marketing these things online, you know, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, you know, for sale by owner situations, but. There's a lot of different ways to market it. <clears throat> but once you put it out there and someone comes and they, they have, you know, 15 grand to put down and they're going to be paying $2,500 a month and you're going to give them 200 of that 25 uh, a month going towards their down payment two years down the line, right? But in the meantime, you know, your positive cash flow is $700 a month in this situation. You know, you had to give this, the, the owner of the property maybe three grand, but you got 15 grand down. Maybe you got 10 grand down. You know, it's still a plus, plus, plus for you. And and you don't have to go in and, you know, fix toilets or change light bulbs when they go out because they're assuming all the ownership responsibilities, okay? So that is the cash flow market. And, it, you know, that's just one example of what that looks like. There's super, super sweet deals with no equity in them, that, which is what I just explained, and how to create cash flow out of that particular process. But we're always trying to find an equity position if we can. I mean, we'd like to have the equity. On, on a property like that, we'd like to have the equity, we'd like to be in it for at least 15% less if it was there. But if it was a sweet, 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 sweet deal like we just explained, hey, we're doing the pretty house technique all day long. You know, no equity, no problem, because we could see the exit here. And, and- and if we decide to keep that one, you know, there may be equity down the road. That's correct. You know, you yeah, never yeah. know. 5% appreciation over the next three years. Great. If if not, then, well, that's okay. We still have the asset to lease option again, or we've got the cash flow coming in. So, mm-hmm. but what you're saying is with this process and this technique, you can handle not only your cash flow, so that you can live a good life, but also at the same time, you can create these virtual savings accounts called houses mm. that will build equity for you over time through possibly appreciation. Who knows what's going to happen to the future? Mm-hmm. But certainly mortgage pay down. Exactly. That's definitely a part of it as well. But you, you can do this even with people like we're working a deal right now with it was, it's actually a, a couple people we're talking to that, you know, they, they're not really interested in selling the property now. They want to sell it down the line. So we're talking about a, for us, to, for an acquisition, the conversation I'm having with them that they're thinking about is, okay, that's perfect. Let's do a, 
a five-year or a seven-year deal where we're going we're gonna to take this property over. We're going to lease option it from you for five to seven years for this price. Uh, there's one in my neighborhood that, uh, well, not in my neighborhood, in the area that I live in, where this guy was selling this house for $145,000, but it's if it was fixed up properly, it would be worth one hundred and seventy-five. But it's going to cost twenty to do it, so you'd be in it for one hundred and sixty-five thousand. Point I'm trying to make here is it's literally worth you know one forty, one fifty right now as it sits. So he can't sell it because of the one eye that we look out of as investors, right? Right. <laughs> we can't fix and flip that property, and we can't wholesale that property. Therefore, it's a bad deal. So I said, no, it's not a bad deal based on what I want to do here. So I'm making a deal with the guy. Well, the offer is in for him uh, to take this property over, owner financing, at 5% interest, amortized over 20, which is going to be similar to what he's paying for it. And then he'll have that cash flow. I know what he's going to come back to me and say. He's going to come back to me and say, listen, it was a rental property. You know, I want to get a thousand dollars a month rent. I I know that's what he's going to say, and I'm mm-hmm. going to say, okay, fine, no problem. You know, because I can rent that property out. I can lease option that property out for fourteen hundred dollars a month. And you can probably collect a pretty good lease option payment up front. I'll get on that property. I'll get anywhere between three and five thousand. Okay. Right. So uh, he's going to want twelve hundred down. He's going to want $1,000 a month. I'm going to give him the 12. We'll get at least three, which gives us a, a positive of 1800 on that. We're going to do 1400 a month with $200 going towards their, um, their down payment once they refinance in 12 to 24 months. But again, we're selling it to them. Our minimum to sell that property to them is going to be 155000 There's only 10000 in equity there. But we know that it's going to go for that today. So in a year or two, what we'll do is we'll get an appraisal and anything above that $155,000, we're going to split with them 50-50. So let's say it comes in at $165,000. Well, yeah. they're, they're going to be getting $5,000 in equity that'll go towards their down payment or it actually won't go towards their down payment, uh, but it'll be from the refinance side at one sixty. dollars plus whatever they have given us already. So that would if, let's say if it was 24 months, it's 200 times 24 months, that's 24, 48, plus the 3,000, 7,800 bucks that is going to go towards their down payment at the 155. So they're going to have the difference. Yeah. Easy for them to qualify. But what you're saying is you're partnering with the buyers and saying, okay, we're going to help you get a house that you're going to be a homeowner of and we're going to split the equity appreciation from the point you buy it to the point that you actually buy it. And uh, you're going to go 50, 50 and split it with them. That's a great deal for them. Absolutely. And it's a great deal for the guy who's trying to sell this house for the past six months. You know, he can't get it sold the way he's selling it. So this is an option for him. And I know we're going to do this deal. I, because he, it's been a rental property and he's had a very difficult time. He just got the renter out. You know, they left right uh, before or right after uh, COVID 
uh, hit when they lost their job, and he doesn't want to be in the market right now because he doesn't he doesn't want to put a renter in there that he can't put out. Right. So I, yeah, so I'm putting in our company is going to put him put an offer into him that's going to pay him over the course of the next three to five years. It's going to be a long term lease for him. Uh, we're going to be responsible for. You know, all the fixing, you know, all the repairs, the taxes, all that great stuff. But it gives him cash flow and it doesn't and it takes away uh, the struggle of having to deal with your typical tenant. You know, that's that's going to be our job now, but not dealing with a typical tenant. So, you know, we are being creative and finding ways to make money in the market. And to be honest with you, this isn't all. I mean, it sounds creative, but it isn't as, it isn't all that it isn't you know, reinventing the wheel. It's Mm -hmm. a system that's been around for a long, long time. People have simply just gotten away with it, but you can do this with little to no money down. And all you have to do is be able to identify the market shifts, right? Your cash flow markets and your equity markets. It's as simple as that. And you operate inside there. And then see all the uh, options once you find a piece of property where there are problems. Now, if somebody doesn't have any problems, there's really nothing to do. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like I say, you know, why don't you just list it with a realtor and sell it? And, uh, you know, there's I saw a sign of a realtor in the neighborhood. Why don't you call them? They're probably the best ones to help you in this particular situation because they know the area. But uh, that guy has a problem. COVID created it. It's a whole new situation that a lot of people don't recognize and how to handle. But you just came up with a great, a great solution for that. And there's a ton of people out there that have that same problem right now. Yeah. Same problem. So let's go out there and, and fix it for them. And that's what it is. Because again, there's a lot of people out there that still have money in the bank. Oh, yeah. That just can't buy a house right now for a lot of reasons. I mean, I could just run them down, but it would, it would take a while. You know, I'd, we'd be here for 15 minutes running down the scenarios of why a person at a certain economic levels can't buy a property right now. And that, right. and that really ultimately boils down to COVID and their ability to maintain um, consistent employment or, or the uncertainty of that, I should say. So, you know, at, at any rate, the opportunities are there and you just have to reach out and do and be creative and do this. And if you do want to find out more about this particular process, just Hit one of the links below. There's a link below this. If you're if you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, in the description to this, there is a link uh, to other videos in terms of how you do this and what this looks like. There's a link to a free course uh, if you want to learn more about getting started, just getting started and and some of the basics. You know, uh, listen, continue to listen to the information that Steve and I are sharing with you. And some of the other guests that we have uh, that have been on the show and new people that are going to be uh, on the show that have already created success for themselves as, as well. So you just don't have to hear it from us, right? They've already done it for themselves and they're sharing that information and those processes right here uh, with you as well. So take a look, um, you know, like, subscribe if you don't mind. We'd really appreciate that and share it with people if you find value here. Steve? Hey, you know, um, you can learn from the guys that have been around for six months or you can learn from the guys who have been around for 40, 50 years. It's your choice. 
uh, guess what? I think that Miles and I have seen most every situation, and we might know a little bit more than the next guy. A little bit. And we're here to share that with you from Real Estate 360. So until next week, guys, again, like, subscribe, please. Uh, whether you're on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you're at, make sure you engage, and I promise you I'll get you a shout-out. Peace. Yes, sir.